Hello, everyone. Welcome again to The Mystic Show. I'm happy you can join us here. Uh, Either you're listening live or you're listening to a replay or you're listening to the podcast, which is the archived version of the show. Either way, this is the show where we talk about mindfulness, spirituality, personal development, the expansion of your soul, right? The deepening of our knowledge. And of course, we love abstract subjects, but we're very purposeful in uh, remaining practical as well. So whatever we learn, we have to be able to implement, and uh, and what that means is change ourselves. So our website is themysticshow.net, themysticshow.net, and you can call us or, well, you can call us by phone or by Skype. Our Skype handle is FractalStream, which is the... Uh, the internet radio station we're broadcasting on, the Fractal Stream. Um, And our phone number is 973-498-8033. And if you go to the website, you'll see the phone number and the Skype handle right there. That's probably the easiest way to to get them and to to call. So, again, the website, themysticshow.net. And all our previous shows are there as well. And uh, yesterday's show was really nice. Uh, And tomorrow, actually for the next two days, we're going to have some guests on the show. We love when we have guests because they bring a whole other level of knowledge and experience. And, uh, And that, you know, in some way adds to the richness of the show. And on a practical note for me, it takes a little bit of the burden off me because I don't have to yak by myself for a whole hour. We can have a nice guest on <laughs> and learn learn some additional things. Not that you guys are getting tired of me. I'm sure you're not. Oh, no. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. Uh, so, <coughs> happy to have you here. And... And uh, the book we're reading is called uh, Above Life's Turmoil. I mean, how did you like that uh, that passage we read yesterday? The piece on uh, the immortal man, right? Wasn't that amazing? If you didn't hear that, you could, you could go to yesterday's show and hear it. Um, and this book has 20 such pieces or passages. And they're all pretty short. Some are a little longer than others. Some are a little shorter. Um, Anyhow. And we have a great one to read today. This is going to be, yeah, this is going to be good. And of course, the book Above Life's Turmoil was written by James Allen more than 100 years ago. And I think James Allen was associated... um, with the New Thought Movement, right? And we might have to do a show on that, the New Thought Movement, which was, again, more than 100 years ago, and 
it was these authors and, and thought leaders who were starting to talk a little differently about human life and achieving goals and achieving blessedness. Uh, for us who are mystics in training, uh, w- this is pretty familiar stuff to us. In general, it's familiar. In in specifics, it's we have a lot to learn. We know that, right? That's why we're. That's probably why you're listening to this show. It's not because of my good looks. I know that. <coughs> so let's get right into it. This piece is called. Um, The Overcoming of Self. The Overcoming of Self. It's it's one of the passages from Above Life's Turmoil by James Allen. Here we go. Many people have very confused and erroneous ideas concerning the terms The Overcoming of Self. The eradication of desire and the annihilation of the personality. Some, particularly the intellectual who are prone to theories, regard it as a metaphysical theory altogether apart from life and conduct. While others conclude that it is the crushing out of all life, energy, and action, and the attempt to idealize stagnation and death. These errors and confusions, arising as they do in the minds of individuals, can only be removed by the individuals themselves. But perhaps it may make their removal a little less difficult for those who are seeking truth by presenting the matter in another way. The doctrine of the overcoming or annihilation of self is simplicity itself. Indeed, so simple practical, and close at hand is it that a child of five, whose mind has not yet become clouded with theories, theological schemes, and speculative philosophies, would be far more likely to comprehend it than many older people who have lost their hold upon simple and beautiful truths by the adoption of of complicated theories. The annihilation of self consists in weeding out and destroying all those elements in the soul which lead to division, strife, suffering, disease, and sorrow. It does not mean the destruction of any good and beautiful and peace-producing quality. For instance, when a man is tempted to irritability or anger and by a great effort overcomes the selfish tendency, 
casts it from him and acts from the spirit of patience and love, in that moment of self-conquest, he practices the annihilation of self. Every noble man practices it in part, though he may deny it in his words. And he who carries out this practice to its completion, eradicating every selfish tendency until only the divinely beautiful qualities remain, he is said to have annihilated the personality, all the personal elements, and to have arrived at truth. The self which is to be annihilated is composed of the following ten worthless and sorrow-producing elements. Lust, hatred, avarice, self-indulgence, self-seeking, Vanity, pride, doubt, dark belief, delusion. It is the total abandonment, the complete annihilation of these ten elements, for they comprise the body of desire. On the other hand, it teaches the cultivation, practice, and preservation of the following ten divine qualities. Purity, patience, humility, self-sacrifice, self-reliance, Fearlessness, knowledge, wisdom, compassion, love. These comprise the body of truth, and to live entirely in them is to be a doer and knower of the truth, is to be an embodiment of truth. The combination of the ten elements is called self, or the personality. The combination of the ten qualities produces what is called truth, the impersonal, the abiding, real, and immortal man. It will thus be seen that it is not the destruction of any noble, true, and enduring quality that is taught, but only the destruction of those things that are ignoble, false, and evanescent. Neither is this overcoming of self the deprivation of gladness, happiness, and joy, but rather it is the constant possession of these things by living in the joy-begetting qualities. It is the abandonment 
of the lust for enjoyment, but not of enjoyment itself. The destruction of the thirst for pleasure, but not of pleasure itself. The annihilation of the selfish longing for love and power and possessions themselves. It is the preservation of all those things which draw and bind men together in unity and concord, and, far from idealizing stagnation and death, urges men to the practice of those qualities which lead to the highest, noblest, most effective, and enduring action. He whose actions proceed from some or all of the ten elements wastes his energies upon negations and does not preserve his soul. But he whose actions proceed from some or all of the ten qualities, he truly and wisely acts and so preserves his soul. He who lives largely in the ten earthly elements and who is blind and deaf to the spiritual verities will find no attraction in the doctrine of self-surrender, for it will appear to him as the complete extinction of his being. But he who is endeavoring to live in the ten heavenly qualities, will see the glory and beauty of the doctrine and will know it as the foundation of life eternal. He will also see that when men apprehend and practice it, industry, commerce, government, and every worldly activity will be purified. And action, purpose, and intelligence, instead of being destroyed, will be intensified and enlarged, but freed from strife and pain. All right. That's the end of the section called The Overcoming of Self from uh, the book Above Life's Turmoil. Let's take a quick break. All right. Thank you to Anya for this little interlude. It's called I Want Tomorrow. 
Uh, beautiful song, right? So you're listening to The Mystic Show. Our website is themysticshow.net. And my name is Chris Curran. And uh, yeah, so we just read the the piece called The Overcoming of Self from uh, this James Allen book, Above Life's Turmoil. And I have to make a distinction here. I, you probably caught it, but I just want to point this out that the uh, first he lists out the 10 worthless and sorrow-producing elements, right? He lists out the 10 elements, and he calls them elements, right? Those are the negative ones he calls elements. Then he lists out the 10 positive ones. He says the following 10 divine qualities. So he, he, he refers to these as qualities. So these are the 10 divine qualities. The other one, the, the negative ones are the 10 worthless and sorrow producing elements. So the elements are the negative ones and the qualities are the positive ones. And so he was kind of referring to those two different groups by those names. And I'm sure you caught it. It was fairly apparent. Um, but I know when I first read it, it, I had to, I actually had to look back and see that he called the negative ones elements and the positive ones qualities. So I just wanted to point that out. And that's interesting. I've heard people talk about this, people being afraid of the annihilation of the personality and this and that. Um, I actually never came across anyone in my life who was actually afraid of that or, or expressed it in that way. Uh, but I've heard other people talk about that, that people are afraid of that. And I, I mean, I believe it. I just haven't heard anyone say those words to me personally. Uh, and, and I've never been afraid of that. I mean, it's pretty obvious that we're not supposed to uh, eradicate all the the good things about us, the love and the peace and the you know, the purity and the patience and humility and all the divine qualities he mentions, it's clear we're not supposed to, you know, throw them off and just be nothing. I mean, I don't know. I To me, that's just clear um, li- part of living, part of life. I mean, those are the good qualities. That's what, that's the expression of the love of the universe through human beings. And clearly the bad, the, the negative elements, the sorrow producing elements, I mean, after you've lived life for a little while, you kind of realize that they produce sorrow, right? In the end, or eventually, all those desires and the doubts and the, the dark belief, that's one he has on the list here, dark belief. <laughs> I wonder what, I, that could be many things, right? So the overcoming of self, that's what it's called. And and to me, this is the spiritual path. That's what we're do- that's what we're doing. We're overcoming the smaller self, the self with the small s, so that our higher self can shine through. Because we've sort of clouded it over. We've 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 built this little reality of our own, of our own little 
tiny world, our own desires and our wants and, you know, our pain and our miseries and our whole story about who I am and everything. We've created like this little narrative in our mind. And that's, we think that's our life. We think that's us. And when we discuss the, the book, The Power of Now, we clearly, you know, know that Eckhart Tolle's teaching is correct, that you are not your mind. So the whole little narrative, the whole story that you're telling yourself in your mind about who you are, you know, you know, you're, if you're proud of your race or you're, you know, overly proud of your race or your language or your culture or your religion, I mean, that's your own little world. That's not actually truth. It's kind of like an opinion. And the problem is when we mistake that opinion for the truth. And when we figure that out, that's the overcoming of self. Then we realize that, okay, my race might be good, but it's not, doesn't mean it's the best. You know, my, uh, my cooking might be good, but it's not necessarily the best. I think there's a huge tendency in America that everybody wants to be the best, be number one and just, you know, kill the opposition. If anyone's in our way, just kill them, get them out of the way, destroy them. <laughs> and cause we're the best. America is the best, right? I mean, it's not true. I mean, America's good. I agree. <laughs> but a lot of other countries are good too. And America is also bad because if you have bad, I mean, if you have good, there has to be some bad as well because of the law of polarity, which we learned when, remember we talked about the laws of the universe? There's, there's two sides to every coin. Anyhow, if there's, <clears throat> there's two sides to every coin, which means that another way to look at this overcoming of self is to, to think that we're sort of uh, transcending duality, right? We're sort of, uh, you know, the whole, let's say the, the day and night, right? The day goes into the night, goes into the day, goes into the night. That's a duality, right? There's day and night. If you have one, you have to have the other, right? There's, you can't have one without the other. But if we can transcend that duality, then uh, then we're in a space like James Allen was talking about yesterday, eternity, when you're beyond time, you're beyond duality. That's the spiritual abode, right? So the overcoming of self, this, I mean, how important is this little chapter or, or, uh, passage that we just read. I mean, it's huge. This is huge. So maybe you want to even go back and listen to it again. Because that's kind of, it kind of sums up our whole spiritual adventure. And, and it is an adventure, isn't it? Are you having fun yet? (laughs) Right? Sometimes it's not fun. Sometimes it's, for years, it's really painful. 
I don't know, call me kooky, but I've always had this like, what would you call it? Optimism? Like, just the kind, just knowing that in the end, it's all going to be fine. I just sort of feel that. And, um, and it always ends up being true. It's very interesting, right? This is, and uh, so do you keep a diary? Do you keep a spiritual diary? That's my question to you. And by the way, if you want to call up, you can. And we're still looking for our first Skype caller. We we haven't taken a call on this show using Skype. Um, on other shows, we've taken many calls on Skype. But if you want to connect with us on Skype, our Skype handle is Fractal Stream. And again, you can go to the website and and see that and the phone number. Go to themysticshow.net, themysticshow.net, and um, yeah, and you can call. I want to know if you keep a diary because one of the things a diary helps us do is to sort of write down all this uh, stuff, these experiences that we're having, right? Like a lot of the stuff I'm communicating to you is things that I've written in my diary or I should write in my diary. These little things, these little realizations or little intuitions or just thoughts about life. It's good to write them down and get them out. Get them out of your mind and make space for something else. So let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. Thank you to Neil Young for this song. It's called You and Me. And uh, actually, I think this, listen to this part right here. I was thinking of you and me Making love beneath the tree And now I wonder could it be Thinking about the time Guitar fighting the TV I was thinking about you and me I was thinking about you and me I was thinking of you Yeah, it's pretty cool, right? That's that's off his uh, Harvest Moon album, which I actually just discovered like, you know, three, four months ago. 
And uh, yes, this is 2013. Actually, today is October 23rd, 2013. And yes, his Neil Young released his Harvest Moon, Harvest Moon album in 1992. It was 21 years ago. But it's a great kind of like a mellow. It's a real mellow album. It's nice, like folk music and really good lyrics. And that's it's just a great. I love that one. So you're listening to The Mystic Show. And we're listening, right? I need to, I think I need to do a music show as well where we listen to tunes and talk about the music and the lyrics. Actually, I want to do a Mystic Show episode where I, like, maybe I could play a song and, um, and then, like, talk about the lyrics. So if you have any song, like, any songs that you really like that are, are you know, it doesn't have to be blatantly spiritual in nature, but it has to, you know, be in the realm of making you think about spirituality or love, right? Love songs always, you know, make you think about spirituality somehow. Um, yeah, if you if you have any songs with lyrics and stuff, send them. You can send us a message through the website on the contact us page. Just go to themysticshow.net and the Contact Us page and fill out the form and click send. And that's it. You don't even have to email, nothing. So, all right, well, you can, uh, yeah, and go to the website also because you could see our phone number and our Skype handle. And you can give me a call anytime. So, right now, I, I want to talk about um, a very nice woman I met yesterday. Um, I don't know if she's listening, but her name is D. D E E, D, and we met and we had a really nice chat. Um, she was interested in what I'm up to here at the studio and the and the radio station, and the different shows, and she had just recently given a talk about workplace bullying. Now, unless you've been living in a closet for the last year or two, um, I mean, this whole concept of bullying is like, has become a really big deal. And um, it just, it's, in a way, it kind of breaks your heart, but, um, but it's become a real issue in the news and in, uh, you know, local governments and school districts and um and it's all like in schools i mean we all know what bullying is in school when you the, one or two or five kids start making fun of another kid and just really harass him right i mean i i i think when we were young that just happened all the time that was like part of school like we didn't call it bullying or we didn't you know didn't really didn't make it a big deal um but of course these days i think it it has become more of a big deal and and so it, it kind of made me think about my thoughts on bullying and it's funny because it actually and and i didn't think about this in advance it just came out in my conversation to her um a couple couple ideas and i want to share them with you but first i i do want to say Okay, when I comment on like worldly issues and and problems, 
like worldly problems. Um, a lot of times when I comment, it 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 can seem like I'm just giving the the solution. Like here's the answer, just do that. It's not a big deal. Like sometimes my attitude comes off like that. Like I'm not really sympathetic at all. Um, but really I am. Um, I I think I'm just sort of when I see the solution and I see it so clearly and I see that it's very simple and that it's not as complicated as people are making it. I, I just really want to convey to the people that, Hey, this is really simple. It's not a big deal. Just do this or do something like this. And you know, when people are in pain or when people are hurt, when they're going through, you know, some sort of emotional journey or upheaval. Um, when I say that kind of thing, when I say it like it's so simple, come on, it's just that simple. Just do that. It's done. When I when I say things like that, and I don't actually say it with that tone of voice either. <laughs> That's just my attitude in general. When I say it like that, it kind of, it can make them feel like I'm not understanding or I'm not sympathetic. So I'm going to make some remarks on bullying here, and, and I'm not going to make a big deal out of it, but I just want to say first and foremost, I am sympathetic to people who are being harassed because it's not just um, physical harassment either. It's Some of this stuff is really insidious, and some of it, especially in the workplace, can be, you know, can be a lot of backstabbing and um, just, you know, trying to trip up people and trying to sabotage their work. And I mean, scary stuff, like much more scary than, you know, getting punched in the mouth on the schoolyard. Um, and, and, and I am sympathetic to that. I know there are people in this world who just want to cause trouble. They're in such a dark place themselves that they're just like bleeding this darkness and spewing it on other people. And it, it, sometimes you just end up in the wrong place at the wrong time and you, you get some of that darkness thrown on you. And I do understand that and I am sympathetic to that. And I don't want to ever come off like I'm not sympathetic to that. Um, so now I'll just tell you my couple thoughts I had when, when we were talking about this uh, workplace bullying. Well, first of all, I said... Look, if I was working any place and people were harassing me or, you know, I don't even like the term bullying, actually. But if people were harassing or bullying me, I, I wouldn't put up with it. I mean, I would, I'd either ignore it or just make an issue out of it. And if it's not solved, then I'm, I mean, I'm not going to go to work to a place where it's crazy and nasty and and I'm getting harassed. I just would never go there. I would say I can't this is this is ridiculous. I'm not doing this. I'll find another job. Now again, that's my attitude. A lot of people are so afraid that they're not going to find another job that they just stay there. And so <clears throat> I also thought of um the law of attraction. And we know the law of attraction is is a spiritual law in essence. 
And the law of attraction says whatever vibration you're, you're in yourself, you will attract more people and things and circumstances that are in a similar vibration. So if you're feeling very angry and you walk into a, let's say, a networking event where there's 100 people um, and you're very angry, somehow you'll probably just bump into a few other people who are angry. You'll probably start fighting with them. (laughs) Or if you walk into a networking event and you're feeling like, you know, like the immortal man or the immortal woman and you're just you're 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 stepped into eternity and you're just viewing this material plane from from a higher plane and you're feeling very spiritual and peaceful and blissful pretty much guaranteed you'll just gravitate to the one or two people in the room who are also very spiritual and calm and peaceful right it just happens that way I, you know i don't know so on one hand, if people are getting harassed and bullied, um, on one on some level, maybe they're attracting that. And I know that sounds crazy, and it sort of uh, hints at the idea that it's not the fault of the bully, it's the fault of the person being bullied. And here's the crazy thing, I, I agree with that statement. I think uh, Eleanor Roosevelt made said a great quote once, and I, I should have it. Maybe, maybe one of you guys can find it and send it. But she says she said no one. She said no one can take away your dignity without your permission. So people can try and take you down and and uh, harass you and <clears throat> throw mud at you. If, it's only if you sort of give in to that that it, it works. It, it just doesn't work. So if you think about it, one of the best one of the best ways to handle any bullying or harassment is to just ignore it. Right? That's probably the best way. And look, that's a spiritual principle right there, ignoring it. I mean, in the practice that I do, we're, we, when we meditate, we learn how to ignore our thoughts. Because the more you give a thought power, the more powerful the thought becomes. And as Napoleon Hill said, thoughts become things. So, a lot of things in the material world, a lot of circumstances, a lot of people, we should just ignore them. I mean, that's the, that's the ultimate best solution. Now, that's the most difficult thing to do as well. I understand that. That is incredibly hard to do. I get it. I understand. But that just underscores the need for more meditation, more spiritual practice, and more of what James Allen just said, getting rid of those sorrow-producing elements in our own life. And and okay, so so this idea that it's that people who are being bullied almost attract it into their lives. 
I do believe that for the most part. Sometimes things happen and you didn't really... Well, on the highest level, that's always the case, I believe. Anything that comes into your life is for your good. And it's the universe placing it before you for you to deal with to learn something. On the highest level, that has to be true. It just has to be true. Because nothing else... Nothing comes into your life without a purpose. So, yes, I am kind of saying that the people who are being bullied, it's, it's, it's their, I don't want to say it's their fault, but they are in control. They don't feel like they're in control, but I think they are. And this, right, that's, that may seem insensitive to, to people who are being bullied or harassed or, you know, made fun of or assaulted or anything. I, I understand that. It sounds insensitive, but so then I thought about, okay, I was raised Catholic, right? And I thought about uh, Jesus, right? What would Jesus do if he was being bullied? Well, first of all, he was bullied. <laughs> he was bullied worse than any other human being in the world, in the history of the world has ever been bullied, period, hands down, no, no argument, no discussion. He was crucified. That has to be the ultimate form of bullying, right? Okay, so he was bullied beyond belief. So what did he do? How did he handle bullying? He accepted it, right? He said, if someone slaps you on the right cheek, turn, turn to them your left cheek. Let him slap the other cheek if they want to, and just don't do anything. He let them put him on a cross and crucify him. Did he scream and cry and flail around and, oh, the government needs to help me. We need laws in place to protect me. Did he say all that? No. You know what he said? Father, forgive them because they know not what they do. So here's one of the one of the most accomplished saints the world has ever known. And we we can learn right from him what he did. And of course he told everyone, he taught all these principles over and over and over. So again, that's is that difficult to do? Yeah. <laughs> I get it. I'm not saying that's easy. I'm not saying we're all on the level of Jesus yet. <laughs> what I'm saying is that it, it, we, we have to think about these things. And we have to take a little responsibility for ourselves. And we, I, I don't believe expecting the government to pass laws and to, to take all this action to prevent everything. It's not going to work. Because if the universe needs to send you a bully, you're going to get the bully. You're going to be harassed. But here's the thing. If you learn your lesson, if you handle it properly and understand that it's just the universe, it's not really the bully. The bully is just a puppet. It's the universe that's trying to teach you something. And we can learn from that. We can emulate the great ones. And again, it's not easy. <laughs> And I really do sympathize with people who are being harassed. I mean, I had a little 
episode in my life yesterday where I was, in a way, harassed. And it was very good to, to sort of have a little bit of a higher awareness and say, you know what, what's going on here? Does it, would it help the situation for me to get all crazy and angry and start yelling and screaming and trying to prove my point and win the argument? Would that help? The answer is no, that never helps. I mean, there are times you have to do that. Don't get me wrong. There are times you have to do what you have to do, period. But in little things, right, those are big things. Those are like, you know, government revolutions and, uh, you know, if your family is uh, being held at gunpoint. I mean, look, there's times when you got to do what you got to do. But when it comes to little things, the little things in life, the little annoying things, do we really need to get all crazy? So anyway, I'll leave it there. My thought on on bullying and and it just a couple interesting thoughts, I think. You know, are you attracting it? Maybe. Yes. <laughs> I'd say yes. And do you have the control over the situation? I would also say yes. So let's not give away all our power, give away all, all our control. Let's forget those negative qualities. Let's try and accept what comes. And I, you know, the thing about accepting is if someone is trying to make fun of you or bully you and you literally just ignore them and you, you're just not even phased by it at all, that person will stop. They literally will stop. They'll probably start to really uh, admire you as well, you know, on some level, but they will stop because it's no fun for them anymore. And one thing, I'll just end this little segment by saying there's, there's one little thing that uh, one of my business coaches taught me, and she said, it's actually Laurel Langemeyer, she said that you teach people how to treat you by what you put up with. I'll just say that again. You treat people how to, sorry, let me start again. You, you teach people how to treat you by what you put up with. So what you put up with, what you accept into your life, you're actually training the people around you what they can do to you and what they can't do to you of what is what is okay and what is not okay. You're actually training the people around you. So sometimes you have to be a little firm. Sometimes you have to ignore. And people around you will learn. Let's take a short break. In this heart lies for you. A lark born only for you who sings only to you, my love, my love, my love. I am waiting 
Yeah, thanks to Sinead O'Connor for that song. It uh, it goes on, the different singers come in. It's called uh, In This Heart, I believe. Yeah, In This Heart, Sinead O'Connor. That's a great song. Whew, what a voice. So you're listening to The Mystic Show. Our website is themysticshow.net, and you can call us on Skype. You can call us on the on a phone line. All that information is on the website. If you want to give me your thoughts on on bullying and all that stuff I just talked about, please do. Um, seems to be a kind of a hot subject, and I just wanted to share a couple of my thoughts on it. Um, okay, so so yeah, and by the way, on the website you can see all of our past episodes, and you can actually browse through them by topic because they're they're named the titles of each episode actually displays what's in the episode. So you can kind of browse and get a hang of what you want to hear about. And you can also comment on each post. If you have if you listen to one of the shows and you want to comment on it, just comment right on the the post page on the website. Right on the page itself, on the bottom. You could put in your, you know, your comments and your name, whatever. I forget what you have to put in, but it's easy. All right, so um I just want to also mention for Pause Your Life, um, the website is pauseyourlife.org, and uh, we're actually having a meetup in about a week and a half. I think we're going to be, it's a movie night. We're going to have a little meetup here in uh, North New Jersey and watch, uh, you know, a spiritual film of some sort. We like to keep it a secret until the last minute what the title is going to be but actually the title we are we've known what this title is going to be for like two months and i think we already told people anyway pause your life also does retreats and uh we're actually planning one for the spring and the dates will be up soon but you know the whole thing with pause your life you know you just got to hit that pause button every now and then i mean could you 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 drive a car right can you just leave your car running for 10 years like imagine never turning off your car and you can you can never you can take it to the shop but they can never work on it because it's running so you, there's no maintenance possible and it just keeps running and running and running and you got to keep putting gas in it actually you can't even change the oil while it's running so if you if you just leave the car running it'll just die within probably 5 or 8000 miles it it'll just die you have to turn off the engine and you have to do some maintenance on your car. Same thing with us as human beings. We have to turn off the everyday relentless craziness of work and money and responsibilities. We have to turn that off. Like, turn the key, turn it off and hit the pause button and stop and do the maintenance. And really the maintenance is just relaxing, honestly. So that's what Pause Your Life retreats are all about. Hope you can join us in the spring. It's going to be great. Uh, even if you're another from another area of the country or even from another country, we'd be happy to host you. Come on to the uh, to the to the meetup and um, stay a little longer. No problem. All right, so. Pauseyourlife.org. That's the website there. Pauseyourlife.org. And you can sign up for the daily emails too. Very cool stuff. Great quotes. 
In fact, what was the, well, I don't have it up on my computer right now, but some of these quotes, the daily quotes that come from the, the pause your life email list are just tremendous. So I'm holding a book and we have, we don't have that much time left, but, um, I'm holding a book that I want to just want to talk about. It's called The Four Agreements, and it's written by Don Miguel Ruiz. The Four Agreements, and I was given this book by my brother, Mike, and he read it, and he probably read some things in there that, you know, applied to me, which this is one of those great books that they apply to everyone. But he, he felt he wanted to share this book with me, and I was I was happy he did because, uh, well, actually he gave it to me, and I didn't read it for like, I mean, literally two or three years. I had it. It was right there on the shelf, but I hadn't I didn't read it yet, you know? Sometimes you're just not ready to read a book. You know what I mean? Do you ever feel that way? You, like, sometimes you even go to the store, you buy a great book, you're, yeah, this is a book I want to read. And you bring it home and you read like three sentences and you're like, eh, not now. And a month later you pick it up and read two sentences. You're like, eh, not now. But then guess what? Seven years later, just all of a sudden, you just take it off your shelf and you're like, oh, this is cool. And you just read it and you finish it, right? That's, that happens so often. So this book, The Four Agreements, is really, well, the subtitle here is is... A Practical Guide to Personal Freedom. It's really good. It's So it's kind of personal development, but it's also a little bit of spiritual um, ideas as well. And so the four agreements, there, there are literally four agreements that you can make with yourself. And um, when you make these agreements with yourself, it, it really impacts your life. So I'm just going to kind of tell what the four agreements are right now because we don't have a lot of time, but we can actually, um, hopefully we can get, I don't know if we can get the author on the show. Does anyone know Don Miguel Ruiz? Can somebody, uh, can we email him or, I would love to get him on the show. So let's be open to that, huh? Let's be open. Universe, help us out. All right, so the first agreement, and these are all very simple, you'll see. The first agreement is be impeccable with your word. Be impeccable with your word. And in general, it just means that the words we speak are very important and powerful. We can... Ruin relationships if we use the wrong words. And if we, even if in our own minds, if we use the wrong words to ourselves, that makes us feel different ways. So being impeccable with your word is, you know, you know the old saying, say what you mean and mean what you say. I mean, that, that'll, You'll avoid so many problems if you're impeccable with your word, right? Okay, so that's the first one. Second one is don't take anything personally. Don't take anything personally. I think this is a big one for me, actually. For some reason, I it's, it's ego. Not for some reason. It's because of my ego that 
at times I take things a little too personally than they should be taken. And I know we all do that at some point, but um, I think it was a big problem for me before I started meditating, for sure. Now I think it's a little better. Um, Funny thing happens when you start meditating and you start looking in or looking up and you sort of, you're not too concerned about some of the details in the physical world. It's it's great. It's like a, just a level of freedom. Anyway, uh, the third agreement, don't make assumptions. Mm, don't make assumptions. Um, I wonder if my wife has read this book. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Well, don't make assumptions, right? We all know about what happens when you assume you make an ass out of you and me, right? So, yeah, that's you can imagine how important that is. Don't make assumptions. And and we do it for good reason. We we make assumptions because there's actually zillions of decisions we have to make every day. And if we didn't have habits and we didn't make some assumptions, I mean, you wouldn't even be able to get out of bed, have breakfast, take a shower and get dressed. If you had to literally stop and not make any assumptions at all about all those different processes, that would take you all day. You'd have to sit there and say, okay, let me let me not assume that uh, my toothbrush is going to clean my teeth. So then you got to check your teeth after you brush them. I mean, that's, that's actually a kind of a lame example, but uh, you get the idea. If you had to stop at every tiny little thing you do and think about it, decide about it, it, life would take forever. All right. The fourth agreement is always do your best. Always do your best. And there you go. And that's pretty obvious. I mean, we, we do a lot of things in life. And the, the better job we do, the better our work is. And you kind of feel good when you do your best, right? And when you don't do your best, you, you something's wrong. There's some uh, some feeling inside yourself that you could have done more. So, almost like a slight regret of sorts. So there you have it. Those are the four agreements. The book is The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. Thanks to him. That's a great book. I, I want to read it again, actually. So thank you for joining me today this morning hope you enjoyed these topics hope you can stay in a good frame of mind today and be positive or be neutral neutral's even better <laughs> that's all we'll do that we'll talk about that on another show so i'm glad you could join me so as you move through your day you know what to do keep shining <laughs>